We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is up, grinders? And uh, K, K- Rodge, what do you call your Vegas insiders? Just insiders or Vinsiders? Yeah. Vinsiders? Yeah, insiders. Vinsiders. 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 Okay, like what's that. up, grinders and Vinsiders? Holden Kushner here. We got K Rodge from Vegas Insiders. He's a Vinsider. And of course, Dan Bach from Roto Grinders. Everybody in Roto Grinders knows Dan. We got lines and lineups. Week number five. I'm looking forward to this. Five games, Ravens, Steelers. Vikings and the Giants will be hitting the Packers, Cowboys, Jacksonville, Carolina, and the Falcons and the Houston Texans as well. Um, K-Rodge, first of all, you're looking beautiful today. I love the sign behind you. Vegasinsiders.com. Insider, by the way. Insider.com. How'd you do last week, pal? Hi, Holden. Hi, Dan. Uh, Two and two on the site. Uh, Well, I guess we'll go three and three if we include all of week four because I had the over and the Eagles Packers had for some reason the Bengals last night. I don't know why I took them. That was stupid. But uh, the other games on Sunday, uh, I really like Tampa Bay. I thought it was a good spot. We talked about on the show last week as far as fading the Rams, not really backing the Bucks. Also had the Titans against the Falcons. The two losers I had on Sunday, the Redskins, that just was wrong by a lot. And Denver. Uh, I had Denver's my guarantee. I really thought that they would 
come through against Jacksonville. The Jags had some poor numbers last year off a win, and it looked good at 17-3, and then the rest of the game happened. And unfortunately, they couldn't cover, so we now move on to week five. Uh, Dan, two things. First of all, next week we're doing week six would be next week, right? So it's the Dolphins and the Redskins. I think we need to do six games since it's week six. Um, that's going to be a barn burner. And then something's got to give, right, unless they tie. And then the other thing is, how was the week in DFS? I mean, I was lucky that the cut line was kind of lower in cash this past week just because a lot of weird things happened. So it was a good week for me in cash. But how'd you do? Uh, I only played tournaments, and it was so-so. I didn't have a ton of Nick Chubb. I kind of avoided the Keenan Allen um, landmine, but I played uh, Nuke Hopkins instead, and he pretty much stunk up the joint. So I had some decent lineups, didn't win anything uh, dramatic, probably downed a little bit overall, but it was a busy weekend for me, uh, you know, doing some stuff out of town, so it was hard for me to to jam stuff in, but I am uh, I am – all aboard this week i'm ready to go let's do it baby and and you too uh k-raj road favorites we're gonna start with a pair of them here but we'll start with one game raven steelers baltimore three and a half point favorites the over under here is 44 minus 10 all the the game totals are going to be minus 10 k-raj let's start here the ravens the steelers steelers give up uh some rushing touchdowns the ravens they have uh, given up six rushing touchdowns, as a matter of fact. So uh, if, if there's another week for James Conner to get going, I guess that's coming up. Um, you know, Steelers got their offense going last night. The Ravens offense has struggled, I think, relatively, at least the last two weeks compared to what they were putting up the first two weeks. Defensively, I don't think either team is really like they used to be, although Pittsburgh showed up last night. So you tell me, Baltimore, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in a rivalry game. Teams off of a Monday night win this year, Holden, are just one and three. So just put that out there for the Steelers. But also, all those games have been low-scoring games. So there's a chance we could have another low-scoring affair here. Obviously, with the Ravens, uh, a tale of two separate segments of the first quarter of the season, beating the Dolphins and Cardinals, who have a combined zero wins, all right? Then you lose to Kansas City, who is obviously elite, and then losing to Cleveland, who I think that we were all just waiting for the Browns to turn it around. I don't know about 40 points turn it around, but as far as playing better, which they did on Sunday, and all of a sudden now the AFC North race isn't just Baltimore running away with it, and Cleveland's a huge disappointment. Now the Browns are 2-2, two and two, and the Ravens are 2-2, two and two, and Cleveland's won at Baltimore. So Cleveland's got to feel good about themselves there. But back to the Ravens, the road team won last year each of these two meetings uh, with these two rivals. And again, you have no Ben Roethlisberger. You have to put that out there. You have no Flacco in there. Again, you know, obviously with him off to Denver. So some of these things kind of change. And the underdog has covered seven of the past nine in the series. I just think with Pittsburgh, that when you look back at it, throw out week one against New England, all right? They weren't going to beat New England regardless of who was in there and Ben played and they just were terrible. Week two, they hung with Seattle in spite of Ben getting hurt. Week three, they had five takeaways against San Francisco, who right now is the only undefeated team in the NFC. And they, you know, they were out gained by 200 yards in that Niners game, but had opportunities there. And they beat Cincinnati. I don't care how bad Cincinnati is, still a win at home. I would probably lean Steelers here just because now I feel like the Ravens are kind of going backwards. And they're getting a little bit exposed right now. And I think that Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph, you know, with him getting some more 
uh, reps and getting some more confidence that, uh, you know, they'd have a shot here as a home underdog. Dan, I kind of look at this game. Um, it's not like your old, your old Pittsburgh Baltimore games where they just beat the hell out of each other. It seems like there's going to be some offense here. I do like both running games. So give me a little DFS overview here, your thoughts on Ingram and Connor, and then the passing game for both teams. I'm just throwing it out here. I think he's more of a fan to play, but Deontay Johnson now two big yardage touchdowns plus 40 yards. He's getting about six targets a game from Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't mind this game uh, going over 44, although the unders are 35 and 28 this year. Do you guys know? Nobody wants to bet the unders. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, let's start with Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's been one of the best quarterbacks this season. He's the highest-priced quarterback on the slate this week with no Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I usually don't spend up at quarterbacks um, if I don't have to. And in a game total of 42 on the road, I, I think it's an easy kind of fade spot on Lamar Jackson here. Uh, in terms of the running game, you know, Mark Ingram was a dud last week. A lot of people played him on DraftKings. He was one of the highest-owned running backs. Bad idea. Game. And was a really bad idea. I don't know where they got it from because I, I didn't see one guy in Roto Grinders kind of tout that guy up. No. Um, but you look at him this week, fifth highest price on FanDuel, but comes in 10th on DraftKings. You know, he's a guy who's got some upside, but I always do worry a little bit with Lamar Jackson being able to steal some of those goal line carries. So uh, 6.3K, it's all right. Probably uh, a tournament viable mm -hmm. player on DraftKings. Um, in terms of the wide receivers, again, Hollywood Brown, 5.4 on DraftKings or on uh, I believe FanDuel is probably just uh, too darn cheap here once again. 81% of snaps last week. He's only a tournament option, but he's a guy who can easily get like a 50-yard touchdown pass, and it's just a big play waiting to happen. Then the last guy in the Ravens is, of course, Mark Andrews. Tight end is kind of tough this week, and uh, that $4,800 salary on DraftKings, I like a lot better than the $6,100 on FanDuel. So I think he's more of a play there. The real talking point, I think, this week to, to get into is on the Steelers side, and that's Jalen Samuels. This guy, out of nowhere, I mean, had zero, I think, touches the week before and suddenly comes back uh, here on Sunday night or Monday night, 23 DraftKings points, ran a lot of the Wildcat, and, of course, the salaries were out before that game. So he's only 5K on FanDuel with a minimum salary of 4500 4100 on DraftKings. So it's a tough matchup most weeks against the Ravens, but I think he's a guy that uh, you've got to consider as a value proposition because uh, the fact of the matter is nobody saw this coming. Maybe the, maybe the Ravens are a little bit more prepared for it, but it worked. They won the game. I don't see them stopping um, – giving Jalen Samuels a lot of work here. So uh, he's kind of interesting, I think, on that front. Um, last thing, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think on DraftKings 6.2K that, that you know, we'd like to buy low on guys. This is as low as I've ever seen, but I know the passing game, it's short. They're like dinking and dunking down to the running backs, but Juju, man, he's going to score a touchdown sooner rather than later, might be this week, so I don't hate him at 6.2 or 7.3 on FanDuel. So because of Samuels, you're off of Connor, even in DraftKings? I mean, eight yeah. targets last night, he caught him. Yeah, I mean, again, he is in play. I mean, 6.2K over on DraftKings. And the problem is he's only had 13. The most carries he's had in a single game is 13 this season. He's not a bell cow back anymore. We saw Samuels get a bunch of carries, and he didn't do really well on the carries, but also got eight receptions. So 
I'm a little bit nervous there. I mean, yes, Nick Chubb had a big game last game, but he also had like a 70-yard run, and I don't think James Conner has the speed to pull that off. So uh, lukewarm on James Conner and what's typically a pretty tough matchup for running backs. All right, guys, we got our second road favorite here with the Vikings at the Giants, and it's Minnesota, five-and-a-half-point favorites. We got a 45-and-a-half over-under here. So this is interesting, Kevin, because the Giants have looked a lot better. They played the garbage Redskins last week. Uh, Daniel Jones did turn the ball over a little bit. The Vikings have a tremendous defense. We got Adam Thielen calling out Kubiak because they're not throwing. All they're doing is running. You can run on the Giants. There's Dalvin Cook. Um, let's start with a game total on those because I think that's more it, that, that's more intriguing to me than the actual spread. We know the unders are going off here early in the in the season too. What do you make of 45 and a half Minnesota at New York? I probably lean under Holden because I think that the Vikings defense, when you see what they've done so far, they had one bad half against Green Bay. And past that, they've been very good. And we know the Vikings live off their defense and they run the ball well. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Kirk Cousins got to get it going uh, at the quarterback position. And Minnesota was shut down by a, a top-notch Chicago defense last week. They're facing the Giants now who – yeah, they beat the Redskins. They probably got some confidence there by, uh, you know, holding them to a field goal in that game. But uh, I think that the Vikings, though, they can still find a way to get somewhere in the 20s. And, and maybe Daniel Jones gets humbled this week that he faces Tampa Bay, who we saw them in that shootout against the Rams this past Sunday. And they gave up a ton of points against the Giants uh, the week before. So, you know, as far as, uh, that's who Daniel Jones has seen and Washington has been lit up all season. Now you're facing a much better defense in Minnesota. And I just believe that the Vikings can grab this win where this is not going to be a shootout where Minnesota could win the game 21 to 10, 21 to 13 and keep it low scoring under the total. Well, I think the biggest question here is going to be Daniel Jones and how he goes up against this defense. You know, we've seen him. I, I love watching this guy run. He's actually a really fun quarterback to watch play the position. Um, he's mobile. He, you know, he, he's checking things out here. They, here's the problem I got, though. The Vikings defense, and I feel like you can do whatever you want against the uh, the Giants defense if you have enough talent. And if they finally decide to open up the playbook, then boom. I, I think, you know, Thielen could have a big day. Diggs could have a big day. And, you know, the, the Vikings, though, five and a half points on the road, that I don't feel comfortable with. That I'm on a pass right now. Yeah, and it's tough because we saw the underdogs come through last week and even Detroit and Buffalo covered as home underdogs and losses. And, and we saw other underdogs come through. So maybe now, you know, people playing the underdogs, you know, you could be a little scared that, you know, will it turn back and the favorites come back. Road teams have done very well this year against the number. And when you look at the Vikings, they flip from an I know close at a pick but now a fav close at a pick uh, in the Chicago game last week, but now as a favorite coming in this week on the road, the Vikings have fared well uh, recently as a road favorite, six one and one straight up, six and two ATS, their last eight opportunities. So when they're laying points on the road, usually they take care of business. And it goes back to that old thing about Kirk Cousins, that when he plays teams beneath him, he's going to fare well. And when he plays teams 
on his level or above, like Green Bay and Chicago, he's going to struggle and they're going to lose. So obviously it falls into the, the first category, playing the Giants, who the Vikings are just better than. And the Giants, they did win and cover as a home favorite last week against Washington. As a home underdog, just two and five straight up and against the spread the last seven at MetLife. That win against the Redskins last week was a rare one for them at home. And we saw them lose to Buffalo back in week two. Granted, it was with Eli. But the Giants have had their problems at MetLife Stadium and now playing a team that's on paper better than them. It could spell problems for the Giants. So, Dan, here's the deal uh, with the Vikings and the Giants. Giants are giving up about 3.9 yards per carry. They've allowed the opponent get in the end zone five times. Um, Dalvin Cook can beat anybody. Uh, he even had some garbage time points last week. Let's, I, I know there, there's probably some positions you want to start at, but for me the biggest question is going to be what am I doing with Dalvin Cook this week? Uh, I don't. I probably am not playing him as much as you might want to. I think I'd rather play Zeke Elliott, who we'll talk about a little bit later. I'm and, with you uh, on that, man. And, I'm with you. You know, Christian McCaffrey. So we'll we'll talk about those guys. And, the, and I think the other reason is, very simply, just look at this Giants team. They've been pretty solid against the run um, so far this season. Not great, but the pass is where they've absolutely been hammered. Fourth most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So – you know, I'm a big believer in the squeaky wheel narrative. And we saw last week Adam Thielen basically throw Kirk Cousins and the offensive coordinator under the bus. And there's no doubt in my mind that we're those guys are, are going to be a bigger part of the game plan. They need to be. They're two of the better receivers in the league. So I'm 100% buying Diggs and Thielen this week. Diggs is really cheap, 6K on FanDuel, 6.2 on DraftKings. Thielen under 7 on FanDuel and 6.7 on DraftKings. So uh, I love the wide receivers. And then you boil down, it boils down to whether you believe, like Tayrod just mentioned, Cousins, this is a blow-up spot for him. He has those games against bad teams where he goes off, and he is super cheap out there. 5-3 on DraftKings, 6-8 on FanDuel. I love him for tournaments. I love stacking him with those wide receivers. I think this is a get-right spot for this Vikings offense, this Vikings pass game. And uh, I actually like them to cover that five points rather easily. On the other side, Daniel Jones, I mean, I, I think the fact that this is his third game is just more beneficial to the defense. You got more tape on the guy. You know what he can do. And we saw him kind of struggle last week against a team that's really not that good. So uh, the one guy I would consider is maybe Wayne Gallman. He looked pretty good in that game last week, two touchdowns. Only 5-4 on DraftKings, and he did have seven targets and six receptions. So a full-point PPR guy like him, that's uh, the spot you want to play him. And then Evan Ingram, he's fine. Again, tough week for tight ends. But, you know, I look at Andrews. He's 1K cheaper than Ingram on DraftKings, so I'd prefer him over Ingram. And then Ertz is only 300 more on FanDuel. So I think there's other targets I prefer over him but maybe if you want to run uh a run back with your viking stack i wouldn't hate him as a tight end we got golden Tate coming back too and yeah. he has he's not had he's not had a lot of work with daniel jones just a little in the preseason but here's the question because i love evan ingram you know in season and season long but we're talking dfs here sterling shepherd has been the number one option you know if you ask me so i just have some question marks about this passing game how much does Golden Tate get worked in? 
Is he a GPP option? So that throws a little wrinkle into this one, Dan. Yeah, it does. And especially when FanDuel screws up their salaries and does and makes him min, you know, he's, he's a floor 4,500. So, you know, I don't even know if he's a free square there because I could absolutely see a scenario where he catches like three passes for 27 yards and, and that doesn't help you out that much, but absolutely in tournaments, absolutely in a run back situation with Vikings on uh, an, an Island, you know, maybe you could get cute with it because he's so cheap and he'll open up, you know, stud running backs and, and maybe a wide receiver or two, which looked pretty good this week to, to rebound. So uh, I don't hate him on FanDuel. I probably need to see it first to pay the price on DraftKings. Let me just say the last thing, because again, I'm going to be going back and forth on Dalvin Cook all week long. They faced Zeke Elliott coming off of the holdout. They faced uh, Buffalo at Frank Gore and then Devin Singletary tore him up. They faced Tampa Bay where they shut down Peyton Barber, but Ronald Jones tore him up in, in just very little um, very little work, and, and Washington didn't have a run game. So I'm really intrigued by that this week, and I'll probably – it'll just be a GPP option, but Dalvin Cook to yeah, me I mean, is he's fascinating. A, he's a stud. I mean, he is a, a top five running back in the league. So those type of guys, it's just whether or not it's a blow-up spot, whether or not it's, you know, three touchdowns, and if you don't play him, you're not winning a tournament. I don't think that's the case for him this week. He's going to be fine. You can probably even play him in your cash games and, and, and be okay. I just don't know if it's a tournament winner just because I think the game flow is going to run through that pass game. And, and this is their, their opportunity to get right after just a, a brutal matchup last week versus the Bears. All right, K-Rods, let's get to our next game here. we got the Packers at the Cowboys. This is the 425 window, so it's going to – be a game which is all over the country. Dallas, three and a half point favorites. We got an over-under sitting at 47, minus 10 in most places. Uh, Dallas, you know, coming off Sunday night, they didn't look great, but New Orleans is a tough place to play. I'm not very concerned about them. My question is, you know, the Packers going to be able to keep up with them on the road because the Packers blew up offensively uh, this past week, but they still have not really impressed me. You've got Devontae Adams down. Um, can they stay within three and a half here? Can they cover the three and a half, given I think their offense could be a little bit down and their defense going to have to hold in there? I think they can. And you look at what Green Bay has done against Dallas over the years, and granted they didn't play last season, but the Packers have won four of the past five meetings with the Cowboys, including two close wins in Arlington. One of those, the playoff victory a few Years ago, and uh, I believe it was Dak Prescott's first time in the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers hit that pass down the sideline and Mason Crosby kicked the long field goal. And uh, the Packers, second time they're an underdog this year. The first time was against Chicago back in week one where they won 10-3. to And again, guys, it goes back to the Cowboys. And you say, the first three weeks, you didn't play anybody of substance. Then you play the Saints, even though Drew Brees wasn't there, but Teddy Bridgewater did what he had to do. And the Saints held the Cowboys down. And now Dallas plays another quality team. They're obviously not playing a team like they did the first three weeks. They're playing one more New Orleans class. And for Green Bay, a couple extra days off here after the Thursday night game where I don't think it's totally shocking Philadelphia won and the Eagles tried or at least somewhat got back on track. But I think here getting some points with the Packers and you know, Dallas goes from 3-0, and top of the world, to they could be 3-2 and that quickly. And the winner of Rams and Seattle Thursday is 4-1. and If San Francisco wins Monday, they're 4-0. and So, really, uh, it's a must-win game for both of them. 
But for Green Bay, I do think that a few extra days off and, uh, you know, they still scored points, like you mentioned, Holden. Even though the defense got a little tore up in that game, they still got some points. So that's a little bit of a positive for Aaron Rodgers. I think that, you know, this could end up being a, a very close game, but I'd probably side with the Packers. I just don't know what the offensive identity for the Packers is yet. Like they're trying to run. You've got Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's still at the top of his game. Um, defensively, they are a better team, even though they didn't show it last week. So I just, it's very unpredictable to me what we're going to find out of the Packers. And for the Cowboys, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it was Swiss cheese schedule the first three weeks. Uh, they had a rough one on the road, but, you know, they're going home to play and three and a half points. I guess it's the hook that's got me a little, a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and 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 look, should Dallas be favored at home? Definitely. Like, there's no question about it. Like, this is this is right, which just makes it so tough that I don't know. You know, Dallas covers this game. Okay, wouldn't it be a surprise? And it's like we talked about last week with the Packers and Eagles. I think no matter how it ends, I don't think it's a huge surprise. That's why this is one of the tougher games on the schedule. And, and like you mentioned, Holden, it's the 425 game. It's the Buck Aikman game on Fox. So, you know, a lot of people will be focused on this, but I just don't know. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, if this is the best game to even bet on, you want to watch for enter- for entertainment purposes in a sense with these two teams, fine. You got two great quarterbacks, fine. But I just think that there are probably better games on the board because this one can really go either way. All right, so Dan, from a DFS perspective, Rodgers, Prescott, you've got Jamal Williams, who's probably not going to play this week. Aaron Rodgers should get a big workload. Um, same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. The question is the wide receivers for the Packers because Adams likely is gone. We're taping this on Tuesday. I mean, he's not going to play. So you got Valdez Scantling. They wanted to get Jimmy Graham involved more last week. They got him more involved. So I think that's an option again. Geronimo Allison too. And on the flip side of things with Dallas, it's Amari Cooper. You know, we're waiting for Michael Gallup to come back. Jason Witten has a floor, I guess. Every week he's going to, you know, get you four Don't catches Jason 50 times. Huh? Don't play Jason Witten. I'm not saying. I'm just throwing it out there. The guy has a floor, at least. His floor want is a floor. Eight. We want a ceiling. Well, not for – well, in a tournament we do. In a tournament you're, – you're just all – I'm just very risk-averse. So I play a lot more cash. Anyways, Don't I think there's a lot of – Huh? Don't, Don't put him in. I won't either. I won't either. I haven't even checked out his salary. Let me, it's probably not good, is it? Yeah, Witten, 3,800. I mean, no, don't do it. Don't don't, do don't, it. We're not going to do that. Okay, so from a DFS perspective, I gave you a little outline. Dig yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because the Packers defense has kind of turned into a little bit of a run funnel. I mean, if you look at the uh, fantasy points allowed, they are uh, number one, um, or I guess it would be number 31, depending on how you look at it. Basically, the toughest in terms of uh, wide receiver fantasy points allowed and second in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So uh, they've been really, really tough there. But on the flip side, the second most yards and the most touchdowns, third most fantasy points allowed to running backs, uh, That this basically really sets up well as a Ezekiel Elliott smash spot, especially after last week where he just put up a dog of a performance and I, I love taking running backs off of those situations. We saw with McCaffrey after his horrible game on Thursday night he bounced back strong I think Elliott scores twice here uh, you know last week I gave you Devontae Adams as kind of the smash of the week I, I think it's Ezekiel Elliott in this spot so love him Dak I think he's a pass like I mentioned second highest price quarterback on FanDuel eighth on DraftKings so uh no thank you uh, I, I'm gonna look somewhere else as 
terms of Green Bay, kind of hinges on news. Like you said, I doubt Adams is going to play. And if he does sit, MVS is a guy who historically is kind of picked up. And he's only 5'6 on DraftKings, 6'3 on FanDuel. So I think he'll be somewhat popular if Devontae Adams is ruled out as we expect him to. And I don't hate the idea of Aaron Jones here. Like you mentioned, the identity of this Green Bay team still kind of in flux. A lot more running than we've seen historically. Don't love the 6'8 on FanDuel, but 5,900 on DraftKings. He had six receptions last week. Uh, I don't mind that play at all. And, uh, you know, Rodgers, no thank you for me. I think there's other quarterbacks to play. That Jimmy Graham guy that you pointed out, again, if you want to go sneaky at tight end, nobody really likes to play him. And, again, he gets a ton of usage there in the red zone. So don't mind that call, though. He's priced up. Play him over Jason Witten, please. Thanks for going out on a limb there, Dan. Appreciate well, I, I, it. Hey, you're the, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just throwing guys out. That's it. I need to elicit a reaction from you. And I obviously got one saying Jason Witten. We'll figure out who else I can tilt you with. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Graham's at 4,300, by the way. Um, to me, more of a cash play than anything else. I, I, I really do. I think that he's going to have to be a big part of the offense. They wanted to get him involved last week. Dal- Dallas does not do a good job of covering the tight end. This Jimmy Graham, I think, is fine. I get behind that. He's fine. He's a, I don't see a big ceiling, but I do see a floor. Okay, so we got um, Packers, Cowboys. And, yes, you know why Ezekiel Elliott, they're giving up five yards per carry, the uh, the Packers are. They're just they're going to get gashed by Zeke. One o'clock game, Jacksonville at Carolina. How did I know? K-Rodge, we're doing a show with Dan Bach, and he had to have Jacksonville in here. Which, by the way, they're out here in Denver, and that was wonderful. Uh, once again, the Broncos, when they win – uh, we get a free donut from our local King Super supermarket. And my daughter is so pissed off because they're 0-4. She's a four-year-old. She cries every time they lose. It's not the same when daddy buys it because it's not free. Everybody loves free stuff. I bought her a donut yesterday. She's like, it's just not the same. It's not as good as a free one. Jacksonville, Carolina, K-Rod. Let's get into this here. Panthers, three-and-a-half point favorites at home. 41-and-a-half game total. Minshew Magic is real. He brought him back. I don't expect Leonard Fournette to run for 200-plus yards. That's just the Denver defense being as bad as it was. Uh, Low game total. Panthers going to have to cover by four at this point. Give me a little rundown here, K-Raj. Who are you liking? I'll give you this uh, first number, guys. 5-0 ATS. They say, what is that? That's the combined record against the spread of Gardner Minshew and Kyle Allen as starting quarterbacks. Woo! So those two, but here's what's interesting is, you know, everyone is, has gone into this. Well, look at all these quarterbacks that are out. Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles barely played for the Jags. And yet Kyle Allen's 2-0 against the spread. Minshew's 3-0 against the spread. Bridgewater's 2-0 ATS as a starter, because we're not going to count that Rams game. Daniel Jones is 2-0 against the spread. The only guys that have struggled have been Josh Rosen 0-2, and the Jets with uh, Trevor Simeon and and uh, Luke Falk going 0-2. But past that, all these teams with their quote-unquote backup quarterbacks have actually fared well. So now we have this game this week where we'll see if Jacksonville can do it again on the road. They dug themselves at 17-3 hole against Denver last week, and they came back. You mentioned Fournette and, and how well he ran the ball, had that 81-yard run to help uh, Jacksonville come back. Now for Kyle Allen, this is an interesting spot, that he was an underdog the last two weeks uh, against Arizona and against Houston, 
And now he's flipped to the favorite role. And understandably, this is not a fair stat to throw out because this has nothing to do with Kyle Allen, has everything to do with Cam Newton, that the Panthers, one in seven against the spread, their last eight as a favorite. Now, that includes the Tampa Bay game back in week two in which Kyle Allen didn't play, and the rest of those losses came last year. So we can't put that on Kyle Allen. But also, I I would probably side with Carolina here, just thinking what Jacksonville has done, where they should have beat Houston on the road. They beat Tennessee handily on that Thursday night, and they come back and beat Denver. Now third in four weeks on the road for the Jags, maybe asking a little too much for Carolina. I think has a little bit of momentum now after the 0-2 start. And I think going on the road was helpful. And you know what? If Cam Newton's beat up, get a healthy quarterback in there. They did that with Kyle Allen. And McCaffrey bounced back after the tough week two against Tampa Bay. So he's kind of back now. I think that Carolina can cover the short number. Hey, let's let's be very clear here. Kyle Allen was not very good last week. Okay. I mean, he, he won a road game, Dan. Uh, the, the defense won the road game. All okay? he does is win. All he does okay. is win. I mean, I think this is a fascinating game. I mean, I think it's going to be low scoring and the total is what 41 and a half. And you know, I don't think there's a ton of big DFS options for us outside of, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who's just an absolute usage hog. Um, How about DJ Chark? Do, 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 do. He had a touchdown callback last week. I mean, I love DJ Chark now. Well, we'll get to him. You know, I mean, it's interesting here, but I think Carolina's defense is pretty legit. I mean, last week I thought at home that was going to be a spot for the Houston Texans to get going, and they absolutely neutralized uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And when you take him out of the game, they don't have much else. And really good coaching by them last week. And yeah, you know, I, I look at the Jags here. Yeah, we've got Leonard Fournette. I mean, he plays like ninety-five percent of the snaps, and he looks a little too cheap on DraftKings at sixty-four hundred, even on FanDuel at sixty-nine for the volume he's going to see. But uh, I just worry about whether or not we want to play a guy and the team total below 20 fantasy points here. So that's my concern with, with, with him. Now the wide receivers, you're right. Chark, great number of looks here, 5.8 K, but actually DD Westbrook has the same number of targets. And even on DraftKings, DD Westbrook is more expensive than DJ Chark, which is shocking to me when I saw that five, three to Chark's five K. But the play in this one, I think on both sides is the defense. The Jags, 3K on DraftKings. The Carolina Panthers, 2.6K on DraftKings. I think you can go with either side of that. And then one sneaky play, maybe from the Carolina side. And we got to see whether or not uh, Jalen Ramsey plays. But um, Samuel, you know, he's a GPP flyer for me. He He was third in the league in air yards last week. And he is coming in at 4.5K. So I think he is kind of a, a deep flyer in GPPs this week, a guy who can uh, can have a big game. If he cashes in on some of those deep passes, just really takes one at 4.5, and, uh, and, and you've got it made. So I like the defenses and maybe a wide receiver from Carolina. That's so let me ask you this. If they were priced the same on both, on both sites, would you go McCaffrey or would you go Zeke Elliott? I'd go Zeke Elliott this week. Not, not think twice. I think, just, I think Zeke is a total smash. I could see the Jags really focusing in on doing their best to stop McCaffrey here. And I know that most teams might do the same, but especially with what they saw in Kyle Allen last week, I mean, they're going to get pressure on this kid and he did not deliver. It was just all McCaffrey. I think they're going to sell out, do everything they can, spy him the best they can and, and slow him down a little bit. And again, McCaffrey, a huge number 
of touches last week. That's just so hard to be sustainable week after week. So uh, I'm not saying I'm not playing McCaffrey, but I definitely like uh, Zeke Elliott better. Remember the preseason when they said we're going to give him the same amount of touches, we're just going to get him off the field a little bit more? Not Things change. Sure. Things change. <laughs> Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Real quick, K-Rodge, one more time. I, and I, I may have just missed you say this. 41 and a half. It's just about as low as a, a total you're going to get. Yeah, and after the Jags have had a couple of defensive performances the last few weeks, uh, you know, they held down uh, Houston back in week two. They held down Tennessee in week three. And uh, the same, after a, a bad first half, they were great in the second half defensively, except for that last-minute touchdown. But, uh, you know, after Jacksonville and Denver went over that total of 37 last week and the total uh, now around 41 this week in Carolina, I, I probably pass on it. But, you know, you see that Jacksonville, I mean, at times they can explode a little bit, which they did uh, last week. And, and for Carolina, you know, like Dan mentioned, Kyle Allen did take a step back last week against the, you know, obviously Houston's much better than Arizona. But uh, he was assisted by the Cardinals defense being terrible back in week three. I still got to give him credit for that victory. But uh, now, you know, Jacksonville's a really good defense. And, you know, I probably lean more under simply because now going back home, I think a little bit of pressure now back at home after being on the road the last two weeks. So leaning under there with Jacksonville, Carolina. All right, let's start with the game total, and then I'll get your breakdown of the game after we go to, to Dan Bach. I kind of want to wrap it up with you today. 49 is the total here. Falcons at Houston. Uh, Dan Quinn, it's been a disaster there with Atlanta. Houston, on the other hand, I mean, I have not been impressed with their offense. They've had a couple of nice games, the one against New Orleans. Uh, there have been two down games, too, you know, where they've been neutralized. And it's a high total. I could, I, you know, anybody could see it going both ways. I think if you just looked at the two teams on reputation and through the past, it's going to go over. But I've not been impressed with this Houston offense. They don't have a good running game. They become completely one-dimensional. And for the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan, I think, will will have a day here. And the Falcons will put up some some points, but will it be enough combined? As the Texans are minus five, too. That's a number. Have we seen a greater fall from a franchise than the Falcons up 28-3 and the Patriots and then losing that Super Bowl and then just everything just going downhill. I mean, that fast. I, I know they, you know, they beat the Rams the next year in the playoffs, but still, I don't, I don't understand this Atlanta team where you have Matt Ryan, who's an MVP. Devontae Freeman's numbers have just gone in the toilet. Julio Jones is still pretty solid, but I just don't know what's happened to Atlanta. Now, I'll give you these numbers, guys, as far as the Texans in the first half this year. Against New Orleans in the opener, they scored 14 points in the first half. Okay, good. The last three weeks, the Texans in the first half have scored a combined 16 points. So they have gotten off to slow starts mm -hmm. the last few weeks. And, and you, you talk about the offense that, yeah, Deshaun Watson may have his moments, but past DeAndre Hopkins, not a lot there uh, to go to. And they lost Lamar Miller, you know, you know, before the season with the knee injury. So the Texans, I don't know where they're really trying to find their offense at. And as far as Atlanta goes, they've just been a bad road team, a bad road underdog, one and eight against the spread their last nine. Let me ask Holden a question. Who was that win against in that one and eight, the Falcons, uh, over the last year and a half? Look behind the Dolphins. you. Look behind you. Oh, any, anybody that we talk about bad teams, let's just go with the Redskins. Correct. 
The Redskins. They I mean, that, that doesn't count. Year. That doesn't count. Come on. You, you got on the second guess. But the Redskins, that's the only team they've beaten as a road underdog. And they were a one-point dog in that game. So, it, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, I, it's so funny. We talked about Atlanta-Tennessee last week. And you don't know what to expect from the Titans. You don't know what to get from the Falcons either. And you would think the Falcons would try to rebound this week. But honestly, it's just one of those puzzling games out there. As far as the total goes, I would just go under because I don't trust Houston's offense to bust out anytime soon. We saw Atlanta with an over against Indianapolis uh, two weeks ago when they played another AFC South opponent on the road. But the Falcons, I can't trust. The Falcons actually shut the Titans out in the second half last week, if that means anything. They gave up a couple big plays, but I'd stay under. It's just these some of these teams, guys, you have 13 two and two teams in the NFL. Now, granted, only one of these teams we're talking about is two and two. So there's just so many teams you just cannot figure out even four games in. So, Dan, um, Matt Ryan, maybe looks like he's in a good spot on the road here. Deshaun Watson. I don't know what to expect out of him, really. I mean, we need him to run some more. Hopkins has not had a – I mean, has DeAndre Hopkins been worth the first-round pick so far? No, absolutely not. And I think it's translated to DFS since week one. He just hasn't been there. I think a lot of the big names that we're talking about in these games have been off so far with the exception of Julio Jones, who's just back to being number one. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of disagree a little bit with your guys' kind of lukewarm nature here on – on the Texans offense. I mean, Carolina is a tough defense. They, they lead the league in sacks Jacksonville. Um, one of the best defenses out there, especially when you've got, you know, Jalen Ramsey, just you know, shutting down Deandre Hopkins. I think this is a smash spot here for the Texans to get right. Again, hmm. Watson has not looked great. I get it, but Atlanta, they just gave up ridiculous yardage and fantasy points to Marcus freaking Mariota Corey Davis and AJ Brown. I mean, what makes you think that they're going to be able to slow down Deshaun Watson, uh, New Hopkins, and Will Fuller? I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is uh, a get-right spot for those three guys. I mean, this is a, a defense that um, leaves a lot to be desired, and we saw it last week. I think Fuller is super sneaky. I mean, he's a guy who had uh, just barely missed on a 75-yard touchdown last week he's only 4.5 on DraftKings, 5.7 on FanDuel uh so I really like him kind of by himself but I, I think man I love this Texans offense to get going this week even Duke Johnson I mean the one thing we can say with Atlanta is they've really struggled stopping pass catching running backs and that's what Duke Johnson does he's 4-2 on DraftKings, only a, a deep tournament flyer for me but uh, a guy who this feels like a spot maybe where he can get going. Now, the Atlanta side, I mean, Julio Jones, you know, he's the number two priced wide receiver behind Hopkins. And, yeah, you would love to be able to go some Julio, some uh, Hopkins, and uh, some Deshaun Watson. I hope this game just goes absolutely crazy like we saw with that uh, Rams and uh, Bucks game last week. If you had that stacked up, you pretty much won all the money. I'm not sure this is going to get to that magnitude, but you got the playmakers to potentially make it happen. And there is a little bit of value out there if you trust a guy like Jalen Samuels or, or maybe even a, um, that wide receiver for the – who we talked about earlier, the Giants. Um, Golden Sal Tate? Golden Tate, yeah, min salary. So yeah. there's a way to get there. <laughs> and, you know, Ryan, the thing about him is he's – I think he's pretty terrible, but he's 5.9K in a game 
they should be passing a lot. Uh, ninth ranked quarterback on DraftKings. He's fifth on FanDuel. So you can know where I prefer to have him. And then the last point I want to make is the Texans actually have allowed the most receptions to running backs this season. So on DraftKings, I don't hate in tournaments taking a look at Devontae Freeman. Kind of got going a little bit last week, had nine targets, and he's been top 10 in the league in targets and receptions as a running back. So uh, this seems like a spot based on the matchup. Maybe he can reach the end zone. Hasn't happened yet. But all in all, I like this as a game stack, like a lot of pieces of it. Yeah, I just think that the uh, Houston secondary is a complete disaster, too. And I think that that's been overlooked. And the big question in this one for me is, can Calvin Ridley get back on track? You know, the last two weeks, he's been bothered. I think it's a hip. He has not been productive whatsoever. If there is a week for him to break out, if you have Matt Ryan stack, I think he's got to be. He's, he's got to be involved in that some some way, somehow. And I think he's, you got to treat him like Will Fuller, right? Will Fuller has not had a blow-up game. We'll yep. see if this one could go. And, hey, yeah. And, and he's 4-9 four, four real quick on DraftKings. So, like, a pretty – he and Fuller are kind of in that same mid-tier range of one of the higher total games on the slate. Uh, I actually think that that's a great call there. Much better than Jason Witten. I didn't call Jason Witten. I brought I mean, his I, name I, up I, that he had I, a floor. I heard, I heard him reference. So Fine. You think the Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl? I think that, uh, you know, I think Witten's going to have a floor here. So, K-Rodge, I want to finish on this game with you here. Falcons in Houston. Um, how, do, how, how do the Falcons keep up with Houston on the road, given how much of a disaster uh, they have really been, especially defensively this year? Is it's five hard. points too much? I mean, the Lions moved up, and Houston opened up as a, a four-and-a-half-point favorite at the Westgate. It's up to five. And the problem with Atlanta is, you know, you can't trust them at home, it feels like, because they lost to Tennessee last week. You can't trust them on the road. And, you know, you go to the Texans' side of things, and look, at least defensively, what they've done at home this year, they've held Jacksonville and Carolina down. And, and you can argue that now they're facing the best quarterback out of the three in Matt Ryan. They got Minshew in his first start, and they got Kyle Allen in his technically third start of his career. And now you're getting a guy like Matt Ryan. It's just so tough because of the numbers the Falcons have had on the road have been so terrible. But, uh, you know, also Atlanta has lost to Minnesota this year. They had kind of a no-show in that week one. And Indianapolis, they fell into a hole early. They came back, but then couldn't. The problem is the Falcons have not been consistent in any game this year. Even the Eagles game in week two, the only game they won, you know, it was a bit back and forth. And the Eagles had guys beat up. Wentz got hurt. And yet Atlanta still needed that late Julio Jones touchdown. I mean, they're a few plays away from maybe being 0-4, you know, at this point. But uh, it's just a a very tough game, uh, this Atlanta-Houston game, because – you know, you, you want to be able to make the argument for Atlanta and say, okay, now you're getting points with them on the road. That is this the spot after they, they put up a dud against Tennessee and Marcus Mariota last week. I, I, it's just, you don't it's seem a, very, you don't seem very comfortable in that, in that, in that. I don't in this game, Dan, it's just, I, I don't, you know, because I, you know what? I don't want to trust. I always say like, this is one of those games, you know, you feel dumb either way of taking it that you take Atlanta and like, and they lose or, and they don't cover like, see, I told you the road numbers aren't good, but then you take Houston. Oh, this was the week Atlanta was finally going to break out that you knew this was the week. Matt Ryan's going to throw for three fifty, and Julio Jones is going to have 150 yards receiving. And, and this was the time to do it. So that's just where 
I just don't feel comfortable at, uh, much with this game. Well, I like the over a little bit right now. I do. I think that the uh, secondary for the Texans is bad enough, and the Atlanta defense is just bad enough. There's a lot of offensive weapons. Hopefully this is the blow-up game this week. I don't know if we're ever going to see – Man, are we going to see another Rams-Tampa Bay game this year where they're putting up 90 points? Of course. It'll happen. I don't know if this is it, but it'll happen. I mean, that's why you stack games up in DFS right there. 95 points? What was it? Was It went overnight. Was They hit 100? <laughs> the under 90, you lost. Let's under, if you went under 90, you lost. Hey, guys, any other thoughts about this slate? Any other teams? Again, week six next week. It's the showdown. Thanks for reminding me, K-Rodge, Dolphins and Redskins. Um, you know, Bill Belichick said he's preparing for a really good football team this week. So I'm surprised that that line is not 20 or 21 at this point. Such a liar. You know, I mean, just can we come out and just be honest and say, you no. know what, we're going to show up. They stink. Like, we got this. Can we just do that instead? Of, they're a good football team. They suck. Like, come on, Bill. Get out of here with that. I'm so tired of these guys. You know, or Brady's probably going to say, you know, Dwayne Haskins, he just – you know, stop it. Just stop it already. Just come out and tell the truth for once, liars. <laughs> <laughs> Any interest in that game? New England and, and Washington, Dan? Could you even play anybody from the yeah. Patriots just because it could be such a debacle? Yeah, there's just too many, too. I mean, that's I the problem. They've got, like, four running backs. They're using, like, four wide receivers. You know, Ben Watson, I think, comes back this week. So, uh, <laughs> he is – he's not even mid-salary. You still even have to pay 3700 for him over on DraftKings. So, uh, I'll tell you the storyline I'm interested in fantasy this week, though, is what does Melvin Gordon do? You know, this is his first week back. We saw Denver get gashed last week by uh, by Leonard Fournette on the ground. I mean, if I set the line at 15 carries, would you take the over or the under on on uh, on Melvin Gordon this week? Under. I think so too. I think, I think he's Justin line. Jackson this week. Okay. Troy Main Pope. I my big concern was that he if he did play, and that's only if Pope or Pope would have been injured uh, or Eckler, that he would have stolen the goal line carries. That was my big concern. Uh, last week he never got into the game they before the game they said it was an emergency I wasn't worried about it I actually think Austin Eckler is gonna be a great play again this week yeah love Austin Eckler he's cheaper than uh than Melvin Gordon is on DraftKings so yeah uh, he's very affordable 67 yeah people will be afraid of playing him with Melvin Gordon there and he's got such a high ceiling in the past game alone that I think he's probably still a value I mean he was 8k last week 7200 the week before um, so 6,700 is, is way less than you've been paying for Austin Eckler. So I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that's something to keep our eye on for sure. I think Eckler every, I will have, I will be overweight on Eckler everywhere. It could come back and burn me, but the Denver run defense is as bad against the, they're as bad against the run as anybody is as bad against any position in any football game this week, any week, they give up 300 yards rushing almost to the Jaguars. Are you kidding me? They're going to get gashed by Eckler. Eckler could have 15 touches. He's still going to make, he's going to pay off the 6,700. Hey, Kevin, we did our five games. Any games that you're feeling really good about this week? Well, I'll give you one. It's not a game total, or it's not a game play. It's more of a half play. Arizona in the first half of this season, guys, 0-4 against the spread. So they have not covered at all. They fell behind early to Detroit, fell behind early to Baltimore. 
in week three. They fell behind against Carolina and this past week against Seattle. They've been terrible in the first half this year. Three and one in the second half. So Cliff Kingsbury, he gets his hair gel and the sunglasses at halftime. He looks in the mirror and somehow makes an adjustment uh, for the second half. But they're going to Cincinnati this week, which another dog game. Both teams looking for their first win. But Cincinnati's laying two and a half in the first half. The Bengals have played three of their first four games in the road. So you kind of wonder now, you know, if they can maybe uh, get back on track at least early. You know, probably ride that trend, take the Bengals in the first half coming up uh, on Sunday. It's just hard to ignore that Arizona has just struggled early. And I don't know what that is or if Kyler Murray is able to play better in the second half. But uh, with the Cardinals, it's just a tough thing to overlook uh, their slow starts. All right, guys. Uh, Dan, what do you want to plug here? Sharpside app, Rotor Grinders, Rotor Grinders Sports Betting. Yeah, all that stuff, of course. I mean, uh, Sharpside, if you're not in the Vegas Insider Contest, don't feel like it's too late. Again, we've got weekly prizes for that, and it's a whole lot of fun to kind of track your bets. And, and you can get a lot of great prop bets as well within the app. So if you haven't downloaded it, free for iOS and Android, free to play. And, uh, and check us out, rotogrinders.com. Again, if you're watching us on VI and you're like, eh, maybe I'll try this. DFS stuff. Well, there's no better place to go. I mean, we we already have one contributor win a million dollars, and then last week on FanDuel, uh, another one of our guys finished fourth. So we were like right knocking on the door for another million dollar win. And uh, I'll tell you what, all this information, the tools, it's going to make your life easier. It's it's just so easy to be building lineups now compared to what it used to be. So check it out. Uh, rotogrinders.com if you're uh, watching us on YouTube or on VI. Hey, Raj, just turn around. Look at that big, beautiful banner that you have. Hey, that's a better looking banner than what we saw last. No, I, so I, I, I agree. I think we need to we need to stop mocking K. Raj for his banner. I'm not mocking him. Why do all people always think I'm I'm being I'm not being facetious you, here? You you mocked him last week. That's well, last sure. week I did because it was okay. a disaster. Okay. This week he looks amazing. He looks like he's at the Taj Mahal of <laughs> sports betting. I am. I really am. <laughs> all right. Guys, take care of yourself. This has been another edition of Lines and Lineups, and uh, we will catch you for week six, and good luck, everybody, unless you're playing there.